Hi, welcome back to another episode of Marriage to Soul, Nicole. So, welcome back to a Lenten series with my good friend, Nat, who is over here. And I think just before we started this episode, she reminded me that we are one-third uh, through the season of Lent. Can't believe it, right? I thought Lent just started and then we're kind of like halfway through March already, as it is. And I just wanted to catch up with Nat here, uh, who I think just returned, I think, from Mars, just wanted to catch up her, see like, you know, how was Mars today, you know, what did she get up to, like, so yeah, Ned, would you like to share with us, like, how, how is like, your Sunday been for you so far? Yeah, good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, whatever time of the day you're listening to uh, this podcast, and uh, so today I just went for Mars, and I went for confession, um, and, you know, for me, Lent is all about fasting, repentance, almsgiving, and prayer. But a lot of the time, uh, it happens to me every year, halfway through Lent. I'm thinking that, okay, I will let go of sin. And... I commit really discouraged. I feel so, um, well, discouraged is really the word. I, I feel like, okay, will God forgive me again? And today I went for confession and I remember the power to withhold absolution. And I know that I have committed these sins again and again. And so if you see that it is not appropriate for you to give me absolution today please withhold it I, I i said this for the first time and i just felt so discouraged before this um confession and the priest um that i went to today he gave me such a great analogy that we are all children of god that we all in god sense and god sees us as you know, his kids in a way. So you think about your own parents and you think about how children, when they are young, they do things that are opposed to their parents. They do things willfully that anger their parents. And that's how God sees us and he understands us. And to me, when I heard that, I, I kind of just broke down because I realized that, you know, it's not praise that I do the same sins again and again. Okay, uh, let me just clarify this one bit. I remember one priest when I was in Singapore, he said like, look, it's good in a way. I mean, it's not good that you sin, but it's good in a way that you're repeating the same sins. It's You're going to be crazy if you come up with a new sin every single time. <laughs> it means that you're kind oh of like gosh. a psychopath or, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're not consistent. Like you don't, right? Like That's true. I thought about it and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's kind of good that I have the same sins, but I'm not saying it's good to sin, of course. That gives me some comfort as well, and, and knowing that, you know, I'm, I'm trying again. Um, back to one conversation that my friend uh, kind of told me that she had with her kids. So her kids are now 11 and 9 years old. But a few years ago, her older kid was actually preparing for the first um, confession for the sacrament of reconciliation. And she told me that she struggled. I remember 
she told me that she struggled so hard to explain confession to her kids in a way that would make sense for an eight-year-old. And after two weeks of like thinking what to say, she rem- I, I remember she told me this and it changed my mind about confession. Like forget about telling kids, we should be telling this to adults. She told her kid that, you know, when you go for confession, you're just telling God what is bothering you the most. Like just when you come back after school and you want to tell mommy something, something bad that happened, you feel bad that you did something. The same way that you can't tell me some things, you tell God. And my mind was blown. Yeah. It, it was such a simple concept, but we as adults tend to complicate, I mean, not even adults, right? Like even teenagers or young adults or adults or, you know, if you're in your middle age or whatever, we tend to complicate things because we think we know more about the world, but God is simple. God is not complicated in that sense. And with with that in mind, like despite the discouragement that I had massive discouragement, I went for confession and when the priest, I mean, some it's it's not all about the priest, what he says, right? But today I had the grace of the priest telling me that you're just like a kid and and that conversation came back to mind and I'm just reminded of God's very simple unconditional love for us that we are always going back and you know when a baby falls down when the baby gives up you're like what you know like but when the baby stands up and tries to walk again you're happy you're happy that he he tries again so that that was my experience today and i'm i'm glad that you know i have the grace of being able to confess in english that i have english speaking parish to go to that the priest commits himself to confession half an hour before mass every week and I, i'm just amazed at how this is so timely in this week two out of six of you know our lenten journey that despite our discouragement, there is always some hope that we should give ourselves to constantly return to God. That's so, that's so beautiful. It's so timely also, I think, like what you were sharing, the analogy of the child. I think that was like really graceful. Lah. Like you, you need that reminder because I feel like even mm-hmm. in, as adults, right, we give ourselves like a lot of excuses to not go for confession like every time then comes around <laughs> at least for me I'm trying to find another excuse of like oh why I shouldn't be going or like you know I'm not ready so like last year what I was trying to say I think it's like oh you know I've completely forgot, forgotten I think some of the steps uh, to going to confession and I remember I was talking to my friend and then she was like oh I can send you a link you know uh, you can go and read up a little bit before you go and then someone I think one of my friends actually bought me a little booklet like she said, you can bring the booklet with you. And I felt like a little kid, you know, like, oh, I've got to bring my booklet. Mm-hmm. And then everybody doesn't have a booklet. And I was like feeling, you know, that that whole, like, you know, hot flush of like, oh no, I'm not, you know, prepared. So I think a lot of us, like, you know, regardless of like what age we are and stuff, like we always feel like we're not prepared enough to go. Right? We say, when mm-hmm. I'm not prepared enough, I'm not ready yet. And I shouldn't go, like, you know, 
But then what you were saying, that simple proof of how, it's not so much about preparing ourselves to go there, right? But we'll never be 100%, you know, prepared for anything, mm-hmm. right? Much less, you know, perfection. But the fact that it's just about telling God the Father, like, you know, about all of the stuff that we've done <laughs> over the past few days. So depending on how long ago we, we went for our last confession, right? Mm-hmm. It's just telling him basically, like, really honestly like hey you know I, I've done this stuff and I feel sorry about it right like you're, you just you feel truly repentant you feel like sorry for what you've done you know not just saying yeah you know I've done ABC but hey I really feel sorry because I've hurt you right you've hurt you've hurt God the Father right by doing um, all these things and I can relate totally net about saying the same stuff <laughs> when he goes to confession and thinking like why has have why have I not broken through the wall you know like why am I still doing the same thing but I think it, it says a lot also about us you know how we also have like certain patterns right or there's always going to be that one one or one or two things that we're always struggling with right no matter where we are in the spiritual journey yeah. but the fact that we are willing to return to him and say like you know I'm, I'm inviting the Lord into this space into this difficult space um, that takes a lot of a lot of courage, lah. I think we need to get to that. Yeah. That stage. Yeah. Uh, a lot of us are like running. It reminds away. me. Yeah. It reminds me of Saint Paul. I think um one time he was just begging God to take like the thorn away from him, and you know God said no. I mean I'm I'm paraphrasing very poorly here. I might be even misquoting, uh, not in verbatim, but um. You know, God said no because it is those thorns that kind of draw you towards me, and oh. I think that's the key to human life, right? Um, that we have these bodies that must suffer just as Christ suffered with His physical body. That it is through that suffering. I mean, I'm not glorifying suffering or idealizing or romanticizing suffering in this sense, but. It is the reality of the Christian faith that we have to suffer in order to grow closer to Christ. I mean, just look at our lives. It is only when we suffer in sickness <laughs> and yes. you know in loss and in grief that we turn to God. And I, I guess in that way, suffering is a gift because God is the gift himself. It is not that suffering is a gift. It is the means of achieving mm. that gift. And and when we look at our sins, I'm not saying that sin is a gift in itself. I'm, I'm not saying that completely, but it is the process of returning mm. to God that is a gift despite our willfulness, despite our, you know, choosing to turn away from God. But it is the turning back to God that is the real gift. And I think when we focus on that, um, it makes the journey a lot lighter, a lot easier. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. I, lo- I love what you were saying about like turning back, I think, to God. Because I feel like, you know, if we didn't have sin or we didn't fall into sin as easily, we would just, you know, continue on our merry way, right? <laughs> Basically and say, yeah, no, I know, I have no need for God, right? You know, in my life, you know. And then things will be fine, like, you know, based on my own like efforts and, you know, and supposedly all the skills I have. But I feel like, you know, kind of adopting that space of like humility and being like, yes, I have sinned against, right? Um, God right? and being able to turn back I think that is something that's definitely not easy lah. it doesn't really come second nature to some of us um, and also a reason why a lot of people so I think they stay away from the sacrament even though it's such a beautiful sacrament 
it's also, I think, limited understanding, I think, <laughs> sometimes about it. Because they're like, oh, you know, maybe I only need to go this amount of times. Or is there like a set a number of times I should be going for confession? And I'm like, I don't think there's a set number, right? You know, per se, or like, you know, how often you go. I think it's more about like where you feel like, do you feel like you need to go? Do you feel like you need to, you know, really sort of like, for some people, it's a reset. For other people, you know, it's, it's not... Um, you know, it's not just a reset also, but I think it's an opportunity um, to really just, as I think as you were saying also, just to to return um, to him. And then, you know, I mean, we've, I'm, I'm sure we've all talked to, you know, some of our friends who haven't been for like a very long time, right? And then like, you know, when they do go, right, I think the experience is like, wow, right? Really nothing short of amazing. Right, the fact that they, they have gone there and then it's taken them so long la, to get there. And then it reminds me of like, this is like what, the, what the prodigal son returning feels like. Right? It feels mm-hmm. so amazing because you think like, oh, you know, I've wandered so far and I haven't been, you know, like sometimes I haven't even been in a physical church, right? For so long, for some, mm-hmm. some of my friends or so. And then, you know, just going back and then feeling like you're welcomed. I feel like the confessional is like not not just like a place of like reckoning and like you know self-reflection, but a place of welcoming you back. Because when the priest you know, absolves you of your sin, he's like, like go, you know, like you're free, right? You're free of these, you know, the, the shackles, you're free of all these things that are like holding you down. You're free to go. And you know, you're free to live your identity uh, as a as a child of God. And I think that's going back to what you were saying, Ned, and uh, the beautiful image of the child. Right, the child can do all sorts of things, you know, that are obviously not very good or not very positive. But as God the Father, he's just like, I know. I and the best part is that he knows, you know, like you know, he's all knowing, he knows that you've done ABC. And it's just that you have to get to that stage where you're like, Yes, Lord, I'm so sorry I did ABC. And you're mm-hmm. just in that space and you're just saying, like, I I want to I want I want to repent. I want to repent like, basically for, for what I've done. And I think that repentance, I mean, it definitely changes. Like. I feel like last time when I, you know, you when I went for confession, it was just about going for confession itself, like the process and the, the fact that you're going, you know. But now when I kind of think about it, it's like, do we do I really feel sorry, right? Uh for what I've done, right? Or am I just going through the motion? And I think now increasingly I, I kind of feel like, hey, yeah, I've not, not really let him down, but I feel like, you know, I've turned away from him. Like, I'm starting to turn away from him instead of towards him in these moments of weakness, right? Especially, you know, when you know you're going to do something that's not so good, right? Or say something that's not so good. You're turning away from him instead of like, hey, kind of examining where that's coming from. Like, you know, what is that urge that has caused me to say this or do this? And instead of turning towards him, I've decided to turn away. Like, like it's, a, it's just a directional <laughs> Thing, but like, like that's kind of like what's coming to me now. yeah but like how do you how do you feel so like about that I guess you know it's so easy to say like oh put down your pride and turn back to God but the thing about this is that sometimes pride could be the issue but sometimes it's also the helplessness that help um I guess, perpetuates our sinfulness. It's sometimes the helplessness of a mental disorder, for example, the helplessness of, say, loneliness, the helplessness of, you know, broken relationships in your life. Because it is not just one thing that we can, you know, blame. Sometimes 
the human life is so complex that all these other things stop us from returning to God as well. So I don't want to like say a blanket statement and say like, oh, put down your pride and, you know, it's humility that we must achieve to turn back to God. But I also feel that sometimes when we are so hopeless and we know we want to turn back to God, but we don't know how to turn back to God, a prayer to our Mother Mary, to all the angels and saints, to our guardian angels, to help, uh, to ask them to help pray for us as well, to give us that invasion of grace to, you know, for a moment, step out of our helplessness and turn back to God. Um, just a final comment about, you know, I said guardian angel. I once read a book, I can't remember by who now, but I read a book about um, guardian angels, maybe Peter Kreeft. Um, he, he actually did say, well, he wrote, he didn't say it. Um, he wrote that, you know, the guardian angels are so amazing. They are all-knowing. And at the moment that they are conceived or created, because they know everything already, they only have one chance to make a decision to turn to God or to turn away from God. And the guardian angels who chose to turn to God were only given one mission to help us to get to heaven. And that is so amazing, right? They have one mission and that is to help us get to heaven. They are with us even when we sin, even when we willfully, you know, um, sin, for example. They, they know and, and they, their hearts are broken because, you know, honestly, they could actually physically stop us if they want to, but they, they know that maybe it's part of the journey and they, they, their heart breaks, I guess, if they had a physical heart or a metaphorical heart even, but I'm, I'm sure they hurt for us when, when we sin. And talking about guardian angels, like at the moment that they were created, I think the other thing that really amazes me about angels is that I, I once heard, I don't know if it's by Peter Kreef again, he, he said something like, you know, the angels, if they could be jealous of one thing, I think this is Maximilian Colby now as I'm talking, if, you know, if, if angels could be jealous, envious of us, of one thing, actually two things, it is confession and Holy Communion. It is the act of returning to God, that continual returning to God. They can't do it because they only have one chance. And the second thing is because they have no body, they can't commune with God in a physical way. And so, again, angels don't get envious or jealous because, you know, no sin. But if they could have any sin, it would be these two things. And so my final comment, my final maybe parting words would be that, you know, this Lent, let us return to the confessional. Let us return to communion because those are the two things that we have that the angels don't get to have.